1: Welcome to the second hour of the program. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. What's going on, Marcus? Who, who are you? I'm Chris McCarthy. <laughs> 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 A bit of levity. But <laughs> so um, uh, we're, we, uh, we've we we been having the candidates for the Ward 3 City Council uh, in the special election uh, on over the last couple of weeks. We had one in the 7 o'clock hour, and now we have uh, Bob Bromley
2: with us. Hey, Bob, how are you? Very good. Uh, just thank you, uh, Chris and Marcus, for inviting me in tonight to uh, give a chat with you. Yeah, happy to have you on. Oh, and congratulations
3: on deciding to get into the race. I was, if you've heard me say, I like think it's an embarrassment of riches, and a lot, a lot of, a lot of interesting people running in the race. I don't think there's. It's unfortunate. Someone's not. Not everyone's going to win, but um, I hope everyone sticks around. Bob, you've been active in the city for a long time.
2: Uh, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't know you. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. I've uh, again, I'm a lifelong New Bedford resident. Um, virtually lived my entire life in Ward 3. There's only a period of about three and a half years that I lived outside the ward. And uh, so with that, when I came out of college and started uh, my career, I actually started working for the city of New Bedford, got involved with activities inside the city, uh, particularly uh, with Buttwood Park. It's been a long, long uh, favorite of mine. Uh, Zoological Society, and then eventually going into uh, the Fort Tabor, uh, Fort Rodman Historical Society, one of the founders of the uh, the military museum down there, right, and now i 'm back with friends of Butwood Park again doing work there. so when the opportunity came up, uh, one of the things I had been talking about for many many years was the lack of constituent services uh, for War three, so I was put up or shut up and get involved and get out there and make sure I, I can be a voice for the residents of War three so you said you worked in the um You worked for the city. You
1: worked in, I think, what, housing and community development?
2: Well, it was originally called, when I went in, um, Housing, uh, Office of Better Neighborhoods. Okay. That was under Mayor Lawler, and then under Mayor Bowler, it switched over to the Housing and Neighborhood Development.
1: Okay, that's it, yeah. So, uh, we're speaking with Bob Bromley. He's a candidate for Ward 3 City Council. So, you're on the Veterans Advisory Board, and I think a longtime member of the Veterans Advisory Board. Can you tell us about some of the work that you guys do there?
2: One of the things we started out was advising both the mayor and any of the city councilors who wanted to, you know, send us some information regarding memorials or monuments in the city, uh, ways to help out veterans in the city. It then evolved when a lot of the local veterans organizations began to fade out. And uh, the mayor turned around to us and said, listen, you need to take up the slack of uh, both the Memorial Day services and all of the uh, work that goes into putting the flags and wreaths around the city, mm-hmm. as well as the Veterans Day Parade. So our focus started going over to the, uh, to working on to those things. We are still working on different monuments. We've uh, had one moved uh, recently over to the uh, Doughboy uh, Square on uh, Kempton Street. It was the Andrews Day Hill marker that had been moved around for a while from the through the city through probably the last 40 years, 50 years. And it was uh, at the Andrews Day Hill VFW post, they have uh, closed up, and uh, before the markers and little memorials that are there disappear, we asked new owners of the property if we could start taking them and redistributing them throughout the city. That was the first one, and we put that over at the Doughboy Square because those two gentlemen were killed in World War One, serving with that unit that's uh, memorialized there. Um, Did you? Oh,
1: I thought you had something else to say.
2: <laughs> we, so was speaking with Bob Bromley. I uh, was a
3: candidate for Ward Three. Yeah, Bob, but it is. It is a real tragedy that we're losing a lot of these institutions like the VFWs. Andrew Dayhill's gone. Um, the, the the one up the north end is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's anything you can do as a city councillor, but what are your thoughts on that?
2: The thoughts are is getting the younger veterans involved okay. uh, one of the things through the Veterans advisory board we're talking about is a lot of the younger veterans particularly the Gulf you know obviously the Gulf War and then going into uh, the Iraqi Freedom and uh, Afghanistan uh, Endurance Freedom uh, they don't really get involved with the different organizations uh, so that's why a lot of them have died out through the years started dying out when a lot of them didn't really welcome in the Vietnam veterans right. And my father, who was, and my mother were both veterans of World War II, uh, were members of American Legion, VFW, and they said, "If you don't bring in the younger veterans, you know, particularly the Korean War and the Vietnam uh, War veterans, and again back then it was Korean conflict, right. Vietnam conflict, they didn't right. want to call them a war. Really. Yeah, you're going to put a expiration date on our posts that we have here in the city, and kind of that's what happened. So our next goal is how do we, you know if I don't make it onto the city council and I stay on to the veterans advisory board is how do we get the younger veterans involved uh, that don't want to belong to organizations, getting them into the parades, you know, march as a group of veterans with maybe your kids, your grandkids, uh, so people can see and honor you as a veteran of the city. So why don't the younger group
1: of veterans want to get involved?
2: I've heard many, many different Reason Some of them, it's, well, it's a bunch of old guys. They're all set in their ways. Uh, some were, well, it's me a, a bar, and I don't want to get involved with that. I want to do something else. What I found is most of them want to do some type of service to help other veterans.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so one of the regional groups uh, that's around is the uh, U.S. Brotherhood of Tankers, U.S. Army Brotherhood of Tankers. And uh, I got them involved in a city uh, helping to restore the three tanks. Uh, the Franco-American Square, the Papineau Square, and the Exercise Tiger uh, Memorial. And yeah. being tankers, they worked on tanks, they've painted tanks uh, in the military, and that became a, a whole new thing for them that they go all around New England yeah. to other communities and helping them out do the same thing. That's what the new veteran is looking for, is something like that that either helps out a memorial or helps out the fellow veteran. They also do uh, the rucksack. Uh, hikes. Oh, yes. I've had them in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to raise money. You know, that's where right. they focus it. So now it's like, how do you channel that to get that into a community spirit within the city?
1: The Franco-American Square, that is in Ward 3, right? That's the tank that's Correct. over that's, by uh, Wonder Bowl?
2: Right, that's yeah. the one that they just realigned the whole yeah. uh, traffic pattern down there. Yes. Which is, again, a concern that I have because there's talk about putting a uh, three-story storage unit uh, on the continental screw uh yeah, the Continental Screw grounds that are right there. And again, it's like okay, you just realigned all this traffic pattern. Mm-hmm. How's that going to interplay into it? Has there been any study? How are you going to get the information out? And as a uh counsel for Ward three, that would be kind of my focus is getting that information out to my residents in the ward. Here's what's happening, you know, before it happens and not waiting to, oh by the way, yeah, it just happened and I'm, Guys figure it out when you go driving to work the next day.
1: So uh, one of the things, one of the central issues is going to be the golf course that's over on Hathaway Road. It's happening. Um, there may be some snags with the RFP, but it's something that's moving forward. How are you going to be a steward for that project and for the neighbors uh, of, of Hathaway Road, which I believe you live around that area? Correct. Yeah, you know, so how are you going to be a steward for that?
2: Well, one of the big things is, first off, getting... Information from the city is what it has any traffic patterns been studied because not only do you have that whole office park going in there You also have the cannabis retail facility. That's being planned for with the old wicks and licks Yes, uh, was yes, and then you have the two entrances and exits of 140. Yeah, that whole area is as, far as I'm concerned is deadly mm-hmm. uh, My late wife got into a severe automobile accident there totaled her car uh, the other, you know, about a week ago, we were almost sideswiped with a car flying off the highway. So you start adding in all that traffic. How, how are the people who are coming out of that office park going to get out onto Hathaway Road, say at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, where right. it's one of the busiest times. So what is the traffic, uh, pattern going to be? Have studies been done? Have, uh, community meetings been set up? We've heard none, you know, nothing whatsoever. Uh, getting a community meeting set up so people understand what's happening. We've received word that uh, Representative Cabral had uh, about $250,000 put into the state budget mm-hmm. to put in a set of traffic lights right at Rockdale Avenue and Hathaway Road. Sure. I've talked to quite a few people, and everybody's like, what are you talking about? I've never heard any of that. Okay. Even though he's done some Facebook postings and have that information out yeah. there. But again, it's this information that's just not there. It's like we're in the forgotten... Uh, time warp area of the city that no information comes to us and we have no way of getting information out to the rest of the the city government as to our concerns.
3: I, I know on the traffic issue, I've spoken with uh, Chris Mark, on on the show regularly, because um, th- they're looking at it from a lot of the traffic is going to come through Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, up so, so, th- so you're going to have to be able to work with the Dartmouth people, which I don't think would be a problem for you, Bob. But that that's one of the things because a lot of your traffic is going to be coming through the through Dartmouth originally.
2: Right, it, traffic from Dartmouth and to Dartmouth is already occurring on Hathaway Road. Yes. Uh, what I've noticed is that people coming from uh, the north coming down route 140 will take 140 exit there and then go down hathaway road to get to route 60 to get over to umass Dartmouth, or to go around to the other side of farns corner road right. and it seemed to have happened after they did the whole redesign of farns corner road which a lot of people you know to this day are still apprehensive about driving down so what they tend to do is hey, i'll take that way it's easier it's shorter but then it creates the speed zone and then the bottleneck down at the end of Hathaway right. Road at Route 6, which then starts backing all the way up, You know, again, more problems. So Hathaway Road is a major uh, artery of Ward 3. It is a major headache of Ward 3, but it also involves the town of Dartmouth. They have to be involved into it.
1: So we're speaking with Bob Bromley. He's a candidate in the Ward 3 City Council special election. Um, so you also... I mean, you've worked in a couple of state houses. You worked for Bob Casera uh, for a few years, and you worked in. Now you currently work in the Rhode Island State Senate as a senior fiscal uh, analyst. Um, how has that work um, informing your candidacy?
2: Well, between the two of them, uh, actually, even the job with the city of Bedford was working with people. I mean, understanding and listening to people, what is, what's going on, getting the information, the housing programs, like. Right? you know, obviously over the last 30, 40 years, they've changed, but the general gist of what the housing programs are out there, I know about. And how can I get that more involved into War Three, as well as the residents of War Three knowing about them uh, to be able to either save their home or for the most part, getting into the, the properties that are vacant and getting them back, you know, occupied, uh, hopefully owner occupied, as well as back onto the tax rolls. My work with the state of Rhode Island for the last, You know, coming up now, 31 years I'll be starting, has been in governmental finance, uh, being able to analyze personnel budgets, operating budgets, capital budgets, looking at the pension system. One of the things I oversee is the state pension system, uh, as well as the the state uh, OPEB uh, trust fund, and that's one of the big interests I've, you know, had with uh, – my right, you candidacy know, for uh, the board, is what is the city doing about OPEP, which is the other post-employment benefits. Okay. Uh, are we setting up a trust fund at some point? Because there could be a point in time where that whole issue starts affecting uh, bond ratings. Right. Which only means if it goes up, the cost goes up, taxpayers have to pay more, or you lose more city services.
1: He knows math. I don't know math. So,
2: so Marcus, <laughs> what I was going to say is I, I don't you know, know math. I, I know
3: Bob as, as a historian, as a military guy, right? Um, I knew you worked at, at, in the State House, but I, I be honest, with you, I didn't know you had this kind of expertise. Um, one of the things that always drives me crazy is the big job of the city council <clears throat> is the budget, is the finances of the city. It often seems that a lot of these candidates come in and just gloss, gloss over it. Yeah, I like it's not a big deal, right? They have no knowledge about
1: it. I, I find that to be, uh, well, so really that, reassuring. So that's it. Yeah, that's a That's a good, uh, actually a good question. So I, I asked, I've asked every candidate this, are, are there any budget priorities you see? Um, you know, let, let's say you get elected, you know, you're going to, you're basically going to roll right from the election, basically into budget season begins in, you know, the beginning of summer. So, um, are there any budget priorities that you see, you know, just at a cursory level, um, or maybe even deeper, uh, when you may vote in the city budget?
2: Right off the top of my head, no, not any particular budget issues, but more of the budget presentation and transparency. One, as a you know, city resident, I've always wanted where's the money going, right? <laughs> you know, it, you know <laughs> is there a way if I'm city council, can I get that, you know, take that information and then get it out to my constituents? Okay, here's what we're spending on personnel, operating, capital costs, uh, interest rates on anything that we've borrowed, uh, where, what departments all this money is going into. Because if you try to ask a lot of people that, they don't understand, either they don't understand it or there's just no information out there readily, readily available so that they can digest it in an easy format. One of the things that I do is taking the state budget and portions of the state budget and having to break it down to explain it to 38 senators, right. here's, what, here's what's in the budget, here's how it's, it's working, and then taking information and how it funnel into the budget and working with that as, as well. Uh, it can be a complicated uh, issue for a lot of people, but again, for me, it's almost secondhand because I've been doing it for so long. I just take a look at it. I know what they're talking about, and then, okay, now I can explain it into a very simple term. So we're speaking with Bob Bromley. He is a candidate for
1: Ward Three City Council. So, um, what are some of the other? You know, we're talking about the golf course. That's the major issue, I think, in the camp uh, in this in this election. But what are some of the other issues you, that you see that are belying the ward?
2: Want to make sure that you know the uh, streets are getting taken care of that they're safe. There's a lot of areas of the city you know, Ward Three when you drive. You know, they've got. I call them the rumble strips where they have all the (laughs) little extra liquid tar that they put down to save the cracks. Sure. Okay, what's going on with street replacements? I know it costs roughly about a million dollars a mile uh, to do. What's going on in Ward 3 and getting that information out or getting information from people to the city? Listen, this needs to be done. You really got to get out there and look at this. Uh, Looking at areas where some of the neighborhoods people have been asking for sidewalks. How do they get a sidewalk put in? Uh, because now they have children and they want to walk and they don't want to have to be walking down the middle of the street with cars coming at them. Uh, Other uh, residents I've talked to, uh, they're looking for a playground. Uh, Because in the upper part, say the Rockdale Avenue, uh, Durfee Street area, there's no playground. And so they either have to go all the way down to the Calo Pacheco School, Bunwood Park, uh, or further away, and they're like, why can't there be something here that we can just walk to? Right. And some of the information they've gotten in the past years, well, wow, well, we don't want to put it here because 20 years from now we might be redoing something. Yeah. 20 years from now they will be walking their grandkids to their, <laughs> right, yeah. to their grand. <laughs> So it's like, how can we then speed this up or make it a, make it in such a way that if you're going to do something different in 20 years, the play, playground can be moved, or playgrounds really only last about 20 years. Anyhow, it would be a time that uh, we then revamp the playground and then get it, uh, you know, get it moved into the new location. Um, another area, you know, Hicks Logan yeah. has been a thing. I relate going back to the late council Saltzman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he saw the plans for 195 and Route 18, he said, "Great, you just created a cutoff uh, point of the city that will, you know, will not thrive and it will just wither and die and be an eyesore." And that's what we got. Yeah. And it's like, so what's going on there? How can we get that fixed up? How can we help the people who have businesses there or homes there? get some improvement so that when you're driving up and down the highways, you're not looking like, oh my God, what's that over there? Why does that look that way? Route 18 has a part that goes into uh, Ward 3. I've always felt that uh, those type of urban uh, renewal highways that were put in really just gutted the culture of of a community. How can we now get that area improved like what's been going on in the uh, southern part of Route 18 they get it back to more of a boulevard, avenue field, more friendly, more, you know, be able to cross across it without having to worry about getting killed. Uh, there was just traffic accidents there last week, a motorcyclist sure. was killed. Mm-hmm. Man, it's speed, you know, everybody comes flying in and you get the highway interchange right there as well. Um, Veer copper and brass, you know, there's a boat yard that wants to get built in there. Okay, how's that going? You know, what's needed to be done? And just working with, uh, a lot of local small businesses in the the ward just to get them to know what the red tapes are and try to figure out where red tape can be cut out so that a business doesn't have to go crazy trying to get a permit to do something. So we've got some calls on the line (coughs) could be potential
1: constituents, future constituents. Let's let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live with Robert Bromley.
4: Hi. I was uh, listening to Mr. Bromley, and he mentioned the idea that... um, there hasn't been a lot of discussion about the AMC at the Whaling City Golf Course, and I seem to remember that there's only been two rather large public meetings, but large, maybe three or four dozen people. Uh, one on the seventeenth of June in 2017 at the Whaling City Golf Course, and one I think on the 24th or 5th of June in the same year at the Holy Name, um, the Holy Name Hall. Um, and lots of the discussion, again, were about the same topics. Uh, that were mentioned here in terms of the traffic, and I don't, I can't quite see how a light at Rockdale Avenue would affect the entrances to the um, to the park because they're on the downhill across from what is now the Days Inn. I guess it's still the Days Inn or whatever that place is called now. Yeah. So I don't understand how the flow of traffic or the speed of traffic is going to be affected at the at that location by a light 150 to 300 yards up the road. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, and I believe it's my understanding, having having been to some of those meetings and listened to the city council meetings, which have discussed the project since then, that it seems to me that the RFP has to be issued prior to the traffic studies being done. Am I right in saying that?
1: I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, that I'm not sure either. <clears throat> but it's <clears throat> the traffic pattern there is even is as I said before between the 140 interchange. It's right there the cannabis retail that's going in right there, yeah. as well, uh, you know, the facilities that would be going in at the old Continental screws a little bit further away, that is like a whole new gambit. And when you're looking at everything from Rockdale Avenue to 140, you know, how is that all into play? And I would, to me, it would make sense to do something now before you wait for the RFP for one particular facility that may or may not start studying what's going on with the cannabis retail that's gonna be right at the end of our, uh, yeah. a highway entrance and exit, why don't we get this going now so we understand it before a developer comes in, builds something, and then we have to say to them, oh, guess what? Now you're three quarters of the way through, you have to change because the cannabis facility is going in, oh, and we're gonna put a traffic light here and we're gonna do something with 140. That's not fair to any business person or developer coming in to do some, to do that at the last minute. It should be planned out first, then you bring in the development coming in that will fit what's going on there. So we all, everybody understands what's happening and not this piecemeal as we go along.
4: And Marcus, you and Chris seem to be a little bit stumped by um, the reasons why there was only one bidder on the, pro. Oh, there were no bidders rather on the project. Yes. And I'd like to take a shot at that. Sure. I mean, it, uh, the obvious out there I believe is the, the rising interest rates environment right now in yeah. terms of the economy. Yeah, of course. The multiplicity of increases in, in, in um, inflation, but I think there's another background problem here, and, and I listened to some of the Rhode Island stations, I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> okay. that there's advertising now, if you'll notice, for uh, General Dynamics. They're looking for employees. I see, yeah, I've seen time. that. I've yep. seen that, yeah. Okay, so that's got to be, it, when I graduated from college in 1982, 40 years ago, you would have never heard General Dynamics or any large corporation like that that paid very well and there were very good jobs and president Reagan back then had a 600 ship navy plan we now have about 480 ships building building on the defense department was enormous at that time yet you never heard one of those ads in or on the radio or in the newspaper at all so the problem i believe and it goes back to covid-19 it's a lot of people have gotten used to stay home work yeah. my Prior employer that I retired from uh, we used to work a five-day week in the office or on-site at a job now they only work two days a week on-site out of a job three days at home so the dynamic of work has changed dramatically so in terms of people actually getting up and going to a facility like that has changed radically in 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 exception to the interest rates and the inflation so I think the way in which people work now is dramatically different even than it was five years ago. So I think that's one of, I think that's those, those are the two big problems, the macroeconomic condition, and I believe the way in which people work now. And again, just look at General Dynamics. You would have never heard General Dynamics in, in, the, in the heyday of military building, and now is not necessarily the heyday of military building, advertising for people to go and work there. I mean, it, it just doesn't, even, even the state of Connecticut. Is advertising on Rhode Island stations right, looking right. for employees? So the way in which people work now is completely different than the go to and and stand there and build. And so I think that's the there's a little his there's a little history there, economic history that's running. <laughs> well, we've got a
1: historian here, so we I'll, appreciate that. we appreciate your call, sir. Th- thank Real, you for the always. call. We appreciate it. We gotta we gotta get back to the phones. Thank you for the call. That was a great call. That so, was a great call,
3: uh, Bob. Um, one of the things, Marks and I have pointed out repeatedly, and I think people are starting to listen, is that some of the city councilors simply can't work with the mayor. Or maybe the mayor can't work with them. I really I don't know how to, who to point the blame at. But how do you think you'll get along with the mayor as a city councilor, assuming you, you get elected? How have you worked with them so far?
2: Fill us in a little bit. Uh, with all the mayors that's been in the city, I've worked well on many, many different projects uh, with them. I have a good working relationship with Mayor Mitchell. Uh, one of the things again, working in the state of Rhode Island for the Senate, is you, you know, no matter what the person's background is, where they're coming from, uh, what their interests are, you have to have that kind of a neutral, listening, consensus type of attitude. And that was that's one of the things that I wanna bring into the city council is, okay, <clears throat> I'm gonna work on consensus, and not be this type of uh, counselor that says, "Well, I hate this person. I, don't, I dislike that person." I know. Right. No. Okay, we've got to work, and we got to do something. And I began that off years ago with Buntwood Park. First rule I had with a 20-something odd-member committee is, we if we can't decide <clears throat> and to a conclusion on an issue, we keep working until we get a consensus. And then you know, it may take a little bit longer, but then when you get it done. Nobody is completely unhappy. Right. Maybe nobody is completely happy. Right. But everybody looks and says, "Hey, it was fair. I got some say into it and I got, you know, I got some stuff going on here." And that's my attitude going into this. Bob, if people are interested in your candidacy, how do they get more information about you? Uh, two ways you can call me. <clears throat> excuse me, on my cell phone here, uh 774-357-9591 or my email, which is rbromley, that's Bromley. That's B R O M L E Y 2001 at gmail.com Bob Bromley candidate for Ward 3 City Council thank you for coming in um
1: and sharing your platform and sharing your uh sharing your background with us and we look forward to talking with you more as this uh, election unfolds oh
2: thank you for, again thank you very much for thanks, having Bob. it uh, appreciate I come it come in and talk to you as well as your listeners <laughs> thanks
1: so we see you guys on the line I'm gonna we'll take your calls after the break 508 996 500 how you can get in the program
0: 1420 WBS.
1: Hey, hey. (laughs) thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you. you. That was a great interview. Um, So that was Bob Bromley, candidate for Ward 3. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. I I, I really. Yeah. No, just a great resume and a great grasp on the on the policy issues.
3: So I always do him as the military history guy.
1: Yeah. And in fact, he 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 can do math. (laughs) He can do math. math. He can do do math. math. I can't do math. 508-996-0500. We see some calls online. Let's take them. Good evening.
5: Hey, guys. Again, great job. I don't know what you're going to do. Um, maybe you can have an, a retirement incentive for a couple more city councilors. <laughs> and we can keep this thing going for five or six more months, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, right. Experience. Yeah, I don't know what right? I'm going to do either. Big shoes to fill um, with with uh, Mr. Dunn leaving. But I if, if I could, maybe you could find out if you're Dunn is going to rent his apartment out because I'll. Cause I'll move there. 25, <laughs> 20, 25, my relatives move in and we can vote for Mr. Bromley because I was very impressed too. Yes. Um, two, two things. Um, my um, my great-grandfather uh, was Joe Mendes at Manhattan Soda and Manhattan Bottling Company, which is in their ward. And um, it's, uh, you know, th- that's a tough ward. And, and the, your previous caller 1982, funny, I graduated Stonehill in 1982, it was all lined up to begin work for Texas Instruments, remember them? Yeah, of course. my Brain, right? So, finalist uh, got a job in, uh, again, at the uh, Mansfield Industrial Park. So, Texas Instruments, 1982, very similar economy to right now, your previous caller hit the nail on the head, but uh, they laid off 1,800 uh, workers, and, you know, it's kind of a tough economy. Uh, the previous guy that called, he's right on the money. How do you get an industrial park off and running when you have these situations that are going on a- economically? So it's a, it's a tough sell. You had quarters but, um, in
3: your penny loafers back then.
5: Uh, I, oh, I had 10 cents because I could make a phone call with him. <laughs> but, um, uh, Mr. Bromley, right on the money again with a pension obligation. Uh, um, so Barry, I thought uh, of you as soon as he hope that. said that.
3: Yeah, same. As soon as he said that, I thought yeah. of you.
5: Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, we a lot of people don't know what I do for a living, and rather not mention it, but uh, Brockton, the city of Brockton, they just floated a P.O.B., pension obligation bond, and um, the, he's right on the money with the inverse relationship between the interest rate and the value of the bond, yeah. and um, so they floated it with some of this money that, that we got from the um, copper money. And look what happened. So now they're paying through the nose on the interest rate on that. So it's a it's a it's a tough call. But I'm impressed with his knowledge about this. Right. It's, it's yeah. really, I think it would be a great balance to city council. And um, I don't know if you guys know it, but uh, uh, Ian Abreu he had an announcement this morning. I called Phil, and um, because he's opening up Silmo syrup, they're going to revive that. We know all about it's, it. Yeah.
1: I'm go- I'm going to the the thing on Saturday. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And, um, well, Marcus can tell you that, you know, I, a couple of times I had to straighten out Marcus at my house, and then he got a lot stronger than me. But I didn't, <laughs> yeah, those days are old. I, those days are old. <laughs> I know, they're old, but I didn't like to drink milk when I was a kid. And what my my parents would do to trick me is they would, they would put would in a soda. They had a oh. coffee soda and Silmo syrup in it, right? And, um, you know almost six feet, 200 pounds, and until Mark's exceeded that, I could straighten the kid out, but until then, you know, so. <laughs> See, I was the same thing. My
3: uh, parents just put Jameson in mine, and I finally came around.
5: Well, you know what? We're lucky we still have you, Chris, so let's leave <laughs> it at that. But uh, again, kudos kudos to, to Ian, and um, I think that city council has to have a balance, so yes. it's nice when you see people that are entrepreneurs. You know, you got Ryan uh, Pereira owning their own business. It's, it's nice to have a good mix, and, um, well, I'm going to say, you guys can say the name of the organization that's near and dear to my heart that I was president of. Prince Henry? Yeah. That's the so one. We, we actually donated a van, just so this um, Mr. Bromley understands. There are a lot of people outside of, and I come from a long line of uh, Navy, Navy seamen, but uh, um, there are a lot of people. We donated a van to the Veterans Transition Home. And there are a lot of people that that support the veterans, whether it's the transition, but in a quiet way. So he is his work that he's doing doesn't go unnoticed. And I know, Chris, you've been a veteran also. Right. So no, it, it's it, very it, important to our community. It, it,
3: it, the, the, you know, as I said, I knew him through his work with the veterans. So I didn't realize he had all the financial information, uh, you know, that that sort of experience that he had. Um, I was very it, impressed with that
5: depth and breadth uh, uh the, what he's got was very very refreshing and again we get to hear it through you guys so thank you very much uh you listeners, i'm sure appreciate it
1: thank you barry, Thanks, barry. i appreciate the call good night so um 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program let's go back to the phones good evening
5: good evening how are you doing gentlemen doing good how are you, how are you? I'm fine. Uh, when Mister Bromley concluded his appearance on your program, he listed his fa- he gave out his cell phone number. Uh huh. Would you have that number?
1: I'll get it again. Uh, I'll have to re-listen. I'll, I'll get that number back and and uh, and get back to you. Um, I'll get that number from him and get back to you. Uh, I'll I'll read it on the air because I I, I for, you know I don't remember it off the top of my head. No, I don't remember either. I barely remember my own phone number. <laughs> I know, but, but it's hard to get a hold of you sometimes
3: <laughs> yeah, but but but, um, but Bob will take you calls,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah i'll what I'll what'll um i'll I'll get his number and I'll read it on the air
4: all
5: right, thank you,,
1: You're no welcome. Problem. thank you, um yeah, no really i I thought I thought um. I thought uh, Bromley was very impressive. Like I said, the the grasp on that that type of knowledge is something that would be unique to the city council, I think.
3: Yes. I would agree with you there, Marcus. In fact, um, I now understand, I was speaking with someone else who's in political life in here in New Mm -hmm. Bedford, and they said, Bob Bromley's the top candidate in that race. And I said, well, you know, I I said, well, I'm going to take a look at everyone first. And he said, "I'm just telling you." And I said, "Okay." And I, I respect the person's opinion. I now understand. I, I you know, look. I, as I said, I knew Bob for his for his volunteer work with the veterans uh, stuff. I had no idea he had that sort of really important financial knowledge.
1: Hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll take your calls at 508-996-0500. six zero five hundred.
0: Fourteen twenty WBSM New Bedford's News Talk Station the local issues from the inside out and they call it like they see it chris mccarthy and marcus farrow are back with more south coast tonight on wbsm
1: hey welcome back uh let's go to the phones 508-996-0500 good evening
5: hey team how you doing
1: hey what's up hey, tom what's Tom.
5: well we got a little uh history on the sumo syrup uh, situation. Sure. Uh, you can could, you could tell Ian, I, I'd speak to his grandfather every Friday as his paper boy at the Samuels. Oh, that's factory. funny, Tom. Uh, I'm eight years old. And in those days, you had these standard times canvas bags where you'd have your newspaper. I remember. In. And that was the last, next to the last stop because I'd have to go around the corner to get to cold discount. But every Friday, I'd have to climb down this wooden ladder with a silo the similar syrup was. That's what the building looked like. It was like a big silo. Uh, Scurry down the hill, which had stone and dirt on it, and then knock on the door, and he'd hand me a little brown envelope with the 35 cents in it. That's (laughs) funny, And he wouldn't let me... Go quickly up the ramp to, as a shortcut to call Discount. You told me you never go up that ramp. I guess those trucks would come in at a certain times and stuff like that. So I'd have to go back, climb up the ladder, so walk around the building. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Simo Syrup was a uh, big in our family. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I'm not going to be able to be there on Saturday. There's a sort of a more important game going on Saturday of morning yeah, that's your In big the thing. United States and Netherlands. So, uh, but wish him well. Uh, I think it's gonna be hugely successful. I do Usually. too
3: i we had it uh around Christmas time,
1: Marcus yep. and I had it last year. It was really good. It was great, yeah. yeah, Ian ran it to us. Ian ran it to us uh on uh Christmas Eve when we were here, and it was excellent. That's yeah, Well, right. cool. we yeah. made him
5: cool <laughs> so, yeah, yeah made my it. my mom used to send it down when we were in school in Kentucky because it was illegal to to buy it in some states at really some point oh yeah, it was Ill- illegal for that to to occur, but uh. Yeah, we, we ended up hustling it into Kentucky and uh, we had our coffee milk. Yep. Uh, as far as the Ward 3 election, that last guy was very impressive. Yes, well, he I was. was. Uh, yes. I don't know how many candidates there are, but... If, like if, seven. If, if, seven. And Marcus, you said, the last special election, they had about 700 vote turnout.
1: 700 in the general. It might have been around that in the in the preliminary, too. The, the thing is with the, the general, I think there was fewer voters than the prelim because it
5: rained really hard that day. So you figure, in smack dab in the middle of winter, if you can garner 300 votes, you get a good shot.
1: Yeah, if you can get 300 votes in the preliminary, you're moving on. Uh, yes. You know, so yeah, yep. I think so, uh, I, I I think that's it'll be about probably about 700 people that show up. Yeah,
5: highly impressed with the candidates, you guys. Are doing a great job. Thanks Thank for you. drilling down on. Us. Thanks, yep. Tom. Thanks, appreciate Tom. It. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my aunt actually
1: runs, uh, used to uh, run Silmos, not run it, but she used to get a bunch of it before she went. She lived on the Pacific coast. So this is what one of my aunts told me. She's like, oh, your your aunt used to get a bunch of it and and when she went back home so she'd have it. Oh, really? Silmo no syrup, yeah. I guess it was it was it was quite the thing. Hey, uh we'll take a break and then we'll be back. The WBSM app is ever- Oh, Bromley, that was a, by the way. Again, that was a great interview. Someone really called good. in and asked for uh his number 774 357 9591 774 357 Nine five nine one. One more time seven seven Marcus four keeps giving the wrong digits three five seven <laughs> nine <laughs> five nine one those are the correct digits now put it all together i just want to read it several times just so i don't want to be asked again
0: um you can ask me it's fine uh
1: <laughs> but we got some app chat messages that were sent early on in the program we'll, we'll get to them in the nine o'clock hour that'll be um i think it'll be a fun discussion and um and then you know we'll just just talk, talk to us, you know, we're just, we're just hanging out. We're just
3: here. Just give us a call just here.
1: It's Friday for us, for us, for us. It's Friday That's right. it is Friday for us. <laughs> so, so the pats are on tomorrow, so you can listen to the pats here. Uh, I like to do that. If I'm the pats are on and I'm in the car, it have got to be somewhere. I just leave it. I leave WBSM on because I can listen to the pats. and uh friday chris and i are going to a social engagement so you'll hear uh jack Spillane, and he's got some fun stuff planned so make sure you tune in you give him a call it'll be it'll be it'll be a great program jack always does a great job
3: 508-996-0500
1: yeah we're still here we're still here so (laughs) you can call now that's how you get through (laughs) that's how you get through and you can message us on the app chat as well
3: you know what the only the only problem with bob bromley is I don't think he'll give us the kind of drama we're looking for. He (laughs) seemed like a very measured man. Yeah, he seems
1: like a very straightforward guy. I doesn't seem like the
3: kind of guy who's going to fall for our shenanigans.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) The kind of guy who can get
3: heated up. (laughs) When he ever said he explains it to all the Rhode Island senators how the budget works, I thought, as a man of incredible patience.
1: Yeah, right, yeah.
3: Not, not, Not that I'm saying that the Senate of Rhode Island isn't a highly intellectual body. But sure? it's a lot of ego. Yes, certainly is. you got yeah. a lot of ego in those senators. Yeah. And probably not all of the geniuses. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um. Probably. probably. How many of them go to jail for taking bribes from CVS every couple of years? Well, yeah, I mean... the Most of them don't go to jail. I shouldn't say that. Speaker's chief there. of staff... Just
1: got, uh, uh, as,
3: as I ward Bob as you left please don't <laughs> yeah.
1: watch how you get photographed <laughs> All right we gotta we're finishing up um, and uh, we'll talk to you on the other side of the nine o'clock uh, hour.